Hey, everybody. Welcome to the BSN Rams podcast presented by Canyon Bakehouse. Before we jump into the show, I want to tell you about the delicious, certified gluten-free breads, bagels, English muffins, and other baked goods that are made right here in Johnstown, Colorado. Canyon Bakehouse's gluten, dairy, nut, and soy-free products make it easy for families to enjoy the taste and texture of fresh bread so everyone can love bread again. Find them at any major grocery store in the freezer or fresh bread aisle, or purchase online and visit canyonglutenfree.com to grab a coupon. Off a high screen, Dorian kicked to the corner, Feirano for three. It's good with the foul! And back to throw is the quarterback, and Hayward is sacked by Joey Porter. Page takes it in and scores. J.D. Page. Boy, Stevens lets it go, and there's your touchdown. Michael Gallup. Got it down low. Hornung. Dunk! And here come the students. Leading by 10. Here's Van Pelt. He's at the 5. Touchdown, Colorado State. Welcome back to the BSN Rams podcast presented by Canyon Bakehouse. We have a special guest today. Joining me on the podcast is Romy Bean of CBS4. You can catch her pretty much every night talking Broncos. Uh, she's definitely one of my favorite media personalities in the Mile High City. Romy, thank you for coming on today. Man, thanks for the introduction. You know, getting better at it. It's pretty good. You know, this is the first uh, BSN podcast I've been on, and as a CU Buff alum, you know, I'm this green and gold's really capturing my heart. It's what we do. We win people over <laughs> here. You see, like, CSU, it's, it's a little bit of a hidden charm. Everyone thinks we're small time, and to an extent we are, but it kind of warms you over. It's, it's, the, it's the small town vibe that wins you over in the end. You know, I'm one of those people that I know this is like nobody likes this, but I'm all about all the love for CU and CSU, just for Colorado, but people are like, no, you have to pick one. But I'm like, can't I be proud of all of the Colorado schools? No, that's that's not how we play around I know. here. I but, just like but for I everyone to get I mean, along. for the state of college athletics, it's it's best for everyone. Like in a perfect world, CSU and CU would both be top twenty-five programs. It would be like a, you know, Alabama Auburn type deal where you have. I mean, that's maybe hoping for a little bit too much, but well, you know, you got these Georgia coordinators on both sides. Yeah, let's raise the stakes you know? a little bit. I just think that college sports in general. They they need to they need to incentivize media like you make it a little bit easier for you guys to come up. It's always I know it's the the video coordinating policies can be really frustrating for you guys. I'm sure. I, I imagine a lot of the CSU fans that angrily email CBS and Nine News and all of the other places asking, you know, why aren't you covering practice every day? Don't recognize that like you can only come like once a week and shoot ten minutes of people stretching. Well, you know what? It's actually really hard because. Unfortunately, Boulder's a lot closer. Getting to Boulder can be a lot easier. Uh, but, you know, we want to cover 
all of, we always say just all of the sports but unfortunately in one day you can't always get to them all it's funny even on the pro level it's like that like uh we'll get crap from you know some of the the beat writers over at Rockies and Nuggets and they're like oh you're finally showing up when it's not Broncos but but it's not that it's part of it is what you know what your audience demands and and it's also part of it is location and it's hard to all the way to get all the way up here and we used to I know at CBS used to have uh you know someone kind of on the beat that that lives close up to here but over the years they've you know cut down and changed you know the form and it's so you can't just get up here all the time and and it's frustrating because it feels like you feel like you want to be up here I feel like you know I cover it like we always are watching the press conferences and everything but then it's it's hard to never have like actually a presence up here that's a good point it's also like it's hard to just drop on a beat and you know ask good questions and know what's going on And I think that's probably the hardest part for TV in general. You guys have to go everywhere. I have the benefit of I come here every day. It's a little bit different with Broncos. You guys are there all the time. Um, I want to ask you a little bit about the Broncos, though. And you mentioned how some of the other beats will, you know, they'll take a little jab or necessarily when you show up there. But the Broncos rule things in this town. That's just the way it is. From your perspective, is that wrong? Or is that just because the Broncos win and until the other teams match that standard, you know, it's just kind of sour grapes. Well, I feel like it's fair to say, you know, show me the hardware, you know, it, it realistically, uh, excluding the abs. So the abs should get, you know, just about as many props, but the Broncos have won three world championships and the Nuggets and the Rockies, you know, everyone's, hey, show me the hardware. But also the interesting thing has happened after the last two years where the Broncos have had kind of a, a rough go at it and the Nuggets have been surging and the abs have been surging you can definitely feel that there's a change of there's just more focus and and kind of more attention being paid to the other teams, which is fun. That's one of the benefits of working in sports is that we do get to kind of cover a a lot more and a bigger range as opposed to just being on a single beat, you know? So that's, but it also again makes it hard when it's like you show up and you kind of feel like, Oh man, you know, they're like, Oh, now you show up and you're like, I swear. (laughs) Now the Broncos guys are There's not priorities here. It's just that, I listen I go where they tell me to go so I can still have a paycheck <laughs> but uh but it has been watching the the Nuggets and the Avs fandom grow the Avs is kind of actually I'd say like on its own the hockey world they, yeah, it's they a little have bit of a niche beat. they and they have their own kind of steady fan base that are there no matter what but seeing the basketball fan base grow a lot and the Rockies too especially when the Rockies are doing well I mean people love baseball here it's just I guess with fans they want to go where there's where the team's doing well. And you kind of can't blame people. They spend their hard-earned money, right, going to a game. Then they want to spend it probably on something that they're going to watch and it's going to be fun. And I think over the years, the Broncos have given them the most hope that they're going to go somewhere and watch a win. But now it's like people are going to Nuggets games because the future is so bright there. So it's interesting. I think the tides are kind of changing. That's a good point. It's easy for the media, which that's not really a term I like to use very frequently because it's too all-encompassing. But for the greater purposes of this, it's really easy for someone like me to criticize people for not showing up when I get a credential and a parking pass for free and I show up and I can, you know, I can leave and that's the end of it. I didn't have to spend $90 from my job to come support this team. And that's, that's as we see with all the pro sports with ticket prices rising, it's just becoming less and less affordable 
the casual fan, if the teams aren't winning, there's not a lot of incentive to show up. Well, I mean, think about you have a family of four. And I think for a Broncos game, I think even the fifth level is like 100 bucks. At so, least, yeah. So you want to bring your family of four, and then you got to buy concessions. What are you going to tell them? No, you can't eat anything, and you know you can't have any, any soda or anything. I mean, that is an expensive expensive night out if you're you know just if you're working and your kids are already in sports and other things and your money's going to all these other things uh you know I think I only kind of started thinking about that recently where I thought gosh I mean these are really expensive for people to go to so you got to give them a reason to go you know you get to the playoffs then okay then I'll spend my hard-earned money on that but but give me a reason to go Romy you've been around the Broncos a long time you were a cheerleader, now you're covering the team. What was that transition like for you? And was it a difficult one, especially, you know, feeling like, oh, I don't, I just, I feel, as a young, I'll say as a younger journalist trying to work my way in, you can tell there's definitely like a, you have to prove yourself and prove, you know, you belong. Did you ever feel like ostracized in any way or feel like you had to prove yourself even more just coming from that background? Definitely, definitely having to, to prove myself. And I mean, I feel like I still am in that that phase. But it's when I look back, that first year of transitioning was extremely difficult because there was part of it where people were like, oh, it's just a hot cheerleader who wants to be on TV, right? And you know what? Fair for people to assume that until I prove them wrong. Um, and so I'm one of those people where it's like, I'm going to prove you wrong. And so that, that kind of worked in my favor. But in a similar way, it was funny, I was talking to Ryan Harris, uh, who played for the Broncos, about this, and we're kind of, we talked about being in a similar boat, where for him, it's like, oh, well, you were a football player, so of course you're just going to get this broadcasting mm-hmm. job, so it kind of pushes you to, to work that much harder, but it was really hard, I think the hardest thing my first year, too, was going from being, I mean, I was a cheerleader for the team, I was like the ultimate fan, to having to be, you know, kind of unbiased reporting, and not get super upset when they lost and and not feel you know I still part of me always just will feel attached to that organization because because I have history with it so making that crossover and then being taken seriously and being taken not as like oh you're just a a rah-rah for for the team now on tv all of those things have been a tough transition for me but it's also I think accelerated my learning and my progress because I kind of came into it knowing you know that look if I pronounce a bunch of guys' names wrong and I sound really stupid, I'm, I'm just digging my own grave, mm-hmm. right? So it's always pushed me to and kind of forced me to research and have as much knowledge as I can because um, one, one of the beat writers once told me, if you know your stuff, no one will mess with you. So it, it's just, I don't know, I guess in the end it's, it's all, it's just motivated me uh, to get where I am now. But um, the transition was definitely difficult. Excuse me. When did you first, you know, think about making that transition into media? Was this something you pursued in college before or was this kind of like something you just realized, you know, I, I think I can do this? Yeah, I actually have a totally a crazy wild story. So I actually went to business school. Okay. Um, when I was in high school, okay, when I was in high school, I was on the speech and debate team and, and I loved it. And honestly, I wanted to get into broadcasting and then I got into the business school um, and I was like... My dad was super jazzed about it. And I was like, well, I'll go to the business school because no matter what, you have a business degree, mm-hmm. you can kind of do anything, right? And 
I don't know. So, um, so I didn't study it. I didn't study journalism. And then I was, so I had like two stints on the, uh, Broncos on the cheerleading squad. So I was on it for five years. I did it through college. Then I actually moved to Los Angeles for a couple of years. I came back and I tried out again five years later. And so nobody's tried out five years later, usually be pretty much because it's like, it's kind of like football. It's like a young woman's mm-hmm. sport. Your body's like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> but I had made it. I was so young the first time. I was 18 when I made it the first time. Um, they've changed the age now to 21. But so I was. That's probably for the best. Yeah, it is. It is for the best because it's, it's hard being an 18-year-old on that team and being expected to behave like a professional 25-year-old woman when you're living in the college dorms. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's weird. Uh, but so when I came back, I was, I don't know, maybe 27-ish, and I tried out again. And I, so someone contacted me from the radio because they're like, that's kind of a crazy story. So I went in and told them the story about how I went on the team, and then I left, and then I came back, and um, and – I made it again, thankfully. And uh, after that interview, he was like, you know, your voice sounds really good on the radio. And I was like, I had always loved like the media opportunities we had gotten. We had gotten when we were on cheerleading. Um, And so I said to him, you know, I've always really wanted to do this. I had worked a couple sales jobs and all that stuff. And I said, I've always really wanted to do this, but, but I didn't go to school for it. So I feel like it's too late now, right? I'm like 27. I should have been in a small market for the past couple of years and blah, blah, blah. And he was like, look, if you really want to learn, you can come and, and sit and shadow me and when, during my show and we can do podcasts and all that stuff. He's like, can't pay you anything. The station can't pay you anything. Um, and so I did it. And so for like a year, I sh- would show up to the radio station uh, after work and we'd do podcasts that wouldn't go anywhere. And I learned how to run the board and, and how to do everything. And then eventually they started a new station and they a job opening came and and. I applied for it and I got that. And then from there, I kind of started getting more on-air opportunities. And then from there, um, the news director over at CBS contacted me and said, hey, you know, have you ever done any TV TV reporting? And I was like, I said, honestly, no, but, but, but I'd love to. I've always wanted to. I really wanted to. And he's like, all right, we'll give you a shot. So um, I went in there and I did decent enough on the audition and I started doing mornings. So you get up at like 2.30 in the morning. It was crazy. But, um, and I do morning TV and then I'd go and do radio and then I do Broncos cheerleading at night and just like that crazy kind of in that grind. And it has all kind of slowly unfolded to here. So it's been a crazy journey, but it's also like, it shows that like, if you want to do something, you know, just dig your feet and, and, and start going. Cause it can happen. That's wild. I mean, I think it's a great example of just, if you want to get better at something, the only way to do it is to just do it. Do it, yeah. Like, you can take journalism classes, and believe me, I took plenty of them, but, like, I learned more just messing around, like, in the collegian and, like, grinding for Mile High Sports, just writing a bunch of articles for basically no money than I ever did in, in those courses because it was just learning how to well, one work for a little bit of money and not mm-hmm. be, let it ruin your life. Cause it's easy to do. If you, if you ever think about like how many hours you're actually putting in sports media versus what you're being compensated, oh. it's a, it's a dark road to go down. You don't but also down like we talk about sports for a living right. and I don't go to a cubicle from eight to five every day and listen to the people doing what I wanted to do right. for a living. And so, like, I, I don't know. We're, we're fortunate in that, right? But you definitely had to earn it. And I think what's so cool about that story is it proves, you know, you weren't, yes, you had the in with the team. You were a cheerleader. 
that helps being associated with the organization, mm-hmm. I'm sure. But you worked for free for a radio station. How many people would be willing to just work for free? Was there, were there people like in your family or friends being like, what the hell are you doing? Why are you wasting your time? Oh yeah. My parents are like, what, what are you doing? And even when I worked at the radio, I mean, the sal I couldn't live off a salary. I mean, I ate at home for two years because I couldn't afford to buy my own groceries, but it was, you know, it was, and I'm grateful that I have parents that were willing to say, Hey, yeah, come over, you know, and I'm very fortunate in that way, but, um, kind of, it really is, especially, and I, well, I think it's with it in any any business or any, you know, area that you want to get into, where it's there's a lot of there's a lot of kind of crap and grinding and stuff. But when you push through it and then you kind of start to see the fruits of your labor, it, it's totally worth it. And we always joke around like how it's crazy how many hours goes goes into making three minutes of TV. Right. Oh, it's absurd. Because it's absurd. I mean, for for like Broncos and for the games, you got the whole game plus all. I mean, you're there for twelve plus hours, and it turns into a three minute segment on TV. Right. So it's it's crazy. But again, like you said, but we get to talk about sports for a living, and kind of working at a news station, it's given me so much perspective because there's so many depressing things in the news, and you know, people getting shot, and and just it's just these horrible things that you see. And then the sports, you know, I always feel like I have a responsibility to kind of make it fun because it's like, that's the fun. That's the, that's the dessert so part it brings us all together. of, of, of the news because there's so many hard things happening in this world. So to have this opportunity that this is what we get to do and this is what we get to tell people about and hopefully bring people some joy is just so awesome. I want to talk about that a little bit more. I'm going to take just a quick moment so we can hear from our sponsor and we'll be back with Romy in just a sec. It's time to take a second and acknowledge Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of BSN Denver. Breckenridge is the original Colorado beer established in 1990 in Breckenridge, Colorado. You've probably heard of their delicious vanilla porter, their oatmeal stout, and most people's personal favorite, the world-famous Avalanche, which is their classic American amber ale. But they just released a new beer called Strawberry Sky that you guys are going to love. For you beer enthusiasts out there, they are calling this a light-hearted Kolsch ale, but for those of you that have no idea what that means, this is that light, delicious summer beer that you've been looking for. So look for Strawberry Sky at your local liquor store or any other Breckenridge beer. And make sure you also look out for the Breckenridge event calendar on bsndenver.com. We just launched it, and you'll be able to see all of the events we have planned where we'll be drinking Breck beers at all of them. So RSVP and have a good time. Before we went to break, I really liked what you talked about from the sports segment and just what it brings to the viewers every night as you said so much of our news cycle right now is negative it's people mad at each other it's trump this trump that politics whatever you i'm not going to get into that that's not what this podcast is about at all but what's so great about sports and and i don't know if there are a lot of things like this anymore is sports are so unifying you can you can come from completely different backgrounds be completely different in every other context except for the fact that hey we both grew up watching the Denver Broncos and you remember that game when John Elway did this or hey you remember when Peyton Manning came back from 28-7 to beat the Chargers and it was the craziest comeback ever yeah oh my god that was amazing to me that's what I feel most fortunate about I guess with sports is just like I know how much sports meant to me as a consumer and and how much it dominated my everyday life and I know how much the content that 
me and you and all these other people produce, how much it means to the sports fans getting to do that every day. It's just kind of like a special feeling knowing like I'm, I'm kind of part of their life and to some extent, like every day people turn in to CBS four and they want to hear what Romy has to say about the Denver Broncos. They want to see what Ryan green is vlogging about the Denver Broncos. I think that's kind of neat. I mean, gosh, I hope it's that way. Right. To, I hope that people want to do that and want to say, Hey, what, what's Romy doing, you know, today and, and follow along because, and, hopefully I mean just to think of like people actually tuning in is, is weird because I'm like no people don't watch what that's weird uh but to think that some people might be doing that and talking about things that people really care about and that they love and that you can be the person that brings them that is just it's you kind of feel a heavy responsibility but also kind of what I've learned especially in the past year is there's a responsibility to not to like overblow anything because it's so easy I think a lot of people write things like sensationalist mm -hmm type things and again when it's like all of this other stuff is going on in the news cycle then I kind of have lately more been looking for kind of not so much fluff pieces but just the more pleasant side of of you know sports and right now it's easy when um you know nobody that like for football because nobody's lost a game yet yeah, so it's, it's always exactly. it's always easier now but that's also part of it like right now it's like okay well what are the things you can look forward to? Because it may or may not pan out, but instead of freaking out about, oh my gosh, the offense looks terrible, mm -hmm. you can look at right now, why don't you go into it thinking, looking at, okay, well, you've got a veteran quarterback, so regardless, you're better at that position. I'm not saying you're going to be contenders, but you're better, right? So it's kind of, I don't know, I think it's put a lot of it in, into perspective for me and kind of hopefully just reminding people like why, why they love sports so much because like you said it's just it brings people together and I think there's no better example of it than a football locker room yeah. because you talk about 53 guys or how many guys are on a college roster I should well, know this. I mean, like whatever hundred technically right but. but from every different walk of life right mm -hmm. and they talk about it too how these guys they have completely different political views you know family life uh, family background, everything, but they all come together for this common cause and to to battle together as brothers, as they say. And, and I think every day, I don't know, it's 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 fun to watch. It's kind of a reminder of you can come together despite all your differences. If only, if only everyone looked at the world that way, and or or if only we just only well, cared I'm about sports. Sometimes, you know. <laughs> I'm like Miss Non-Confrontational. I want everybody to be happy. I want everybody to be friends. But look, I want why, everybody in the media to like each other. Why what? does I'm, Why does everything in sports, especially I'm glad you brought up the media because I think it's, I think everyone's competition, but also like everybody's not competition because if you're a Denver Broncos fan, like you're going to watch Ryan's vlogs. You're going to watch your sideline thing. If Troy Rank pops on your Twitter, you're going to click on that video. Right. You'll read Nikki's articles in The Athletic. Like, the notion that we all have to, you know, be rude and, and act like we're these big enemies, it's, it's just silly. And, and also, I think you do a good job. We're kind of backtracking here, but you talked a little bit about the transition of going from being, like, you know, a rah-rah fan, the cheerleader, the ultimate fan, to a media type and having to, having to show your sense of professionalism. And I think you do a good job of this, but I also like that you haven't completely, completely lost that side. You or Ryan, Ryan and I talk about this a lot. If you if you if you grew up in Denver watching the Denver Broncos, 
why should I act like I don't want the Denver Broncos to win? Right. You're not going to be, you're not jumping up on the sideline. You can do your job, be a professional. But to act like, oh, I don't care if they win or not, that's dumb. Right. I mean, like, I prefer they do well. Totally. It makes our job easier, one, but also just, like, it makes everyone in the town happier. It makes the team easier to cover. It makes just, everything is better. And it's like, you know, you've grown up here. Mondays after the Broncos lose, it's crazy. People are bitter. People are depressed. I mean, it's crazy. And it, but it totally, people live and breathe with, with the Broncos here and with whatever their sports team, you know, that they follow, that they love. And kind of we're in this extremely fortunate position where we get to cover the teams we grew up watching because mm-hmm. sometimes I think oh like I could be in Atlanta following the Falcons and I'd kind of be like I don't really care if they win or lose I'm you know I mean yeah there are those people with that perspective right. when you come in as an outsider it's a little bit different but, but like to be someone who grew up here it's like I feel like yeah you have to be you know a non-biased media member but also it's like we're the local media you know and mm-hmm. so it's like that's how do you relate to fans and people around you? It's this is like they're they're coming and they're watching because they love the Broncos too, right? So it's like, what am I going to sit here and just rail on on the Broncos or the Rams or you know the Buffs? It's people don't want to listen to that. I, I agree. I mean, I I wouldn't as a Broncos fan. It's not what I want to hear. But there is look also, when it's bad, you got to tell the truth. I'm right. not saying like, so like it's the, not sunshine and rainbows right. all the time. And you and you have a job to do. And if you don't, if it's bad and you're out here trying to be like oh but look how great this is people are gonna well resent it and i feel like that's the important part is like when when it is bad when they are losing is is being straightforward and honest with it and you know because otherwise people won't take you seriously you know totally so it's it's interesting finding that balance but it's you know what's been interesting is like how quickly being on this side of it kind of takes your fandom away Oh, so fast. So fast. I mean... You just become... It's just different. Like, when they lose, it doesn't sing quite as much. You're bummed. But, like... Right. It's just different. You, you It becomes a job like But it's like, else. I still have five hours of work to do. Exactly. So, I got to go do work. and which is, which is just crazy that it kind of just happens just because you're so in the grind of it. Mm-hmm. But I always feel like, going back to what you're saying, is, like... I mean, I think just people, humans are naturally competitive, but I always try and remind myself, like, there's enough room at the table for all of us. Oh, I think, absolutely. I think In a lot of times of we forget that, especially. you know, but it's, there really is, you know, I mean, I read Troy's stuff. I read Nikki's stuff. I read everybody's stuff. Why would I not? I listen to everybody's stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. So I, that's kind of how I always think. Cause I'm like, it's just, otherwise, I don't know. There's room for all of us. That's how I feel. When, when was the first time you truly felt like, I have made it. I am. I am a media person. Like this is what I do now. I am. I'm good at it. I'm confident. Or have you know? Have you? You know, I, it's funny. Yet? Like I, which I think a lot of people are, but I'm my own worst critic, we far are, in a yeah. way. And so I, I don't feel like I've made it at all. I don't feel like. Um, I feel like I'm fighting still, kind of those. Part of it being kind of like the rookie, if you will, and um, just. Also having, you know, all, all the stuff kind of, I feel like I have more experience now, but I don't feel like I've made it. I don't feel like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm the big cheese at all. I don't know. I feel like maybe you, the more you do it, the more comfortable you feel, but mm-hmm. I still, I still feel like I have so much to learn and I have so much to do and to just, I don't know. I feel like I have such a big responsibility to give people the right information and, and not, you know, fluff them with the wrong stuff and everything that I just... I don't know. I don't at all feel like I've made it, but hopefully, I don't know, hopefully one day. What would your advice be to, you know, 
I don't want to say the term girls because it sounds like I'm talking about children, Mm -hmm. but like women, aspiring women in the sports industry, like what would your advice be to them if they're feeling like maybe, you know, this isn't an arena that I belong in or this isn't something that I'm going to have a chance to succeed in? I mean, I'd say that's baloney, first of all. But one thing that's actually been really cool is there's there is a bit there's a lot of camaraderie among most of the women in the sports industry, which I totally didn't expect. Right? I thought it was going to be really you know, cutthroat. Cut yeah. Right? We're all competing for each other's jobs, but it's almost like everybody y'all kind of understand where each other is coming from and like the girls uh, the ladies at the other news stations and the beat writers uh, I mean I've gotten pretty close with all of them because it's I feel like there is that I don't want to use the word struggle but you all kind of understand the the barriers and the difficulties and it's always going to be weird walking into a men's locker room because it's weird you know so there there's a lot more camaraderie than I thought so my advice honestly would be you know find other women that are wanting to get into this business and support each other it's like I know this world is women just beat each other down all the time but there's a lot of support within the the industry um, of of kind of the women supporting each other which is so cool and I totally didn't expect Um, and and it makes you feel like I think we all kind of support each other and so I'd say for any any girls find other women that want to do this and, and support each other because that's the way to do it I think that's definitely good advice I think it's always I always feel kind of awkward speaking on topics like that I think you work with Ryan Green Ryan Green's one of my better friends in media we're just I mean it started because we both knew CSU stuff mm-hmm. but we're both just like kind of weird goofy dudes play video games but I think one of the things that we get along really well on is we're just we think alike and politically, socially, sports, that type of stuff. We've always been really supportive of women in sports media, but it's like it's I feel like we're walking a fine line of like, yes, you want to be supportive and respectful, but also like you don't want to pander if that makes sense. Because right. that can also be condescending in a way like Right. You know, like us like being the no we're taking the stand for women's sports look at us we're so good all these other men are assholes well I feel like there's nothing that feels better too than just feeling like you're one of the guys um and a lot of that's work environment I feel so fortunate to work at CBS where it's just you know I feel like in the sports office I feel like a person I don't feel like a boy or a girl a man or a woman um I also like grew up with four older brothers so I'm a huge tomboy and so it just it just fit in like weirdly well but um you know there is it's interesting like there are definitely um guys that are like you know women on sports but there's so many more that are just open to it and just look at you like a like a person and i think that's i always try and look at it go in things as not i'm a female sports reporter i'm, I'm a sports reporter you know take the gender out of it and if you're lucky enough to get in a good situation where like at CBS, I feel like I'm in in that situation where I'm just, I'm one of the guys, you know? Um, And for me, that's, that's like the ultimate goal. Right. But I I feel like more and more it's become so much more open. And I think about, gosh, what women had to go through 10, 20 years ago was, I mean, they paved the way for us to do it where now it, it feels so much more normal. Yeah, we, I think that's a good point. We've made, we certainly made a lot of strides um, the last five, ten years in particular. I think you're seeing it in all aspects of sport, just like with how popular the you know the U.S. women's national team is and the support that they received around the country. 
you know, when I was eight, nine years old, I'm not so sure the country, you know, I'm, I'm only 24. It's not like I'm really old, but I'm not sure 15 years ago that the country would have rallied around, mm-hmm. you know, a female team quite like that. It was right. just cool to see. Like, so cool. They're, they're, they kick ass, they dominate. Right. And everyone was just like, yeah, they rule. They, it wasn't, they're the women's soccer team. Right. This is the U.S. national team. Like, right. yes, there's the men's and the women's, so there is the distinction. The men's are terrible. But, yeah, they're <laughs> awful. No, but it's true. And I think also that's, um, as a women in sports, the other piece of that is that, you know, I feel like I have a responsibility to, uh, you know, to do everything that my male counterparts would do, right? Mm-hmm. You know, it's to never expect to be taken easy on me because I'm a girl, right? And also kind of all the things I was talking about earlier about doing, you know, having the knowledge and doing all the research and, and staying on top of things because I think that I do feel like there's that, and maybe I just put that on myself, but the added responsibility because if I want people to respect me and look at me like, oh, you know, that's Romy the sports reporter not like Romy the sports girl or whatever (laughs) then then it's my responsibility though to to make them feel that way well Romy I really appreciate you coming on the podcast with me you know as I said in the introduction I love the work you do I think you're doing great stuff and uh yeah we're gonna try and have you on later in the season even though you're uh you're a buffs Buffs fan. Hey, you know, I am a both fan. I'm an all fan. I'm a fr- fan and friend of everybody. Fan of the, the centennial state. There, we'll, we'll, that's we'll just keep what it, it at is. that. Exactly. And Georgia coordinators. <laughs> and Georgia and Georgia boys. And Georgia coaches. Then, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Romy, thank you so much. Thank you. Big thanks again to Romy Bean for coming on the podcast. You can catch her on CBS4 just about every night talking Denver Broncos. Really appreciate her coming on the podcast. That was not something we had planned. She was in town um, the other day, up here for practice, had also gone to Boulder earlier in the day. Uh, I just kind of invited her on spur of the moment. We didn't have a script or anything, and we just kind of went back and forth, and I think it turned out to be a really entertaining interview. I definitely had fun getting her perspective. She's one of the cooler people in Denver media, always fun to hang out with. I'm hoping to get her on the podcast again in the future. I know you guys are are craving more Rocky Mountain Showdown talk. I was on the Denver Sports Podcast today. If you're looking for a little more CSUCU talk, you can definitely go check it out. Also going to have podcasts coming out Thursday and Friday. Both of those are going to be pretty much exclusively dedicated to the Rocky Mountain Showdown. I will release my official prediction for the game on Thursday. On Friday, I will be joined by Henry Chisholm of BSN Buffs. He's a good dude. Had a lot of fun recording with him today down in the offices. I just, I mean, what more can you say? Football is finally here. A little bit frustrating with the with the 8 p.m. kickoff on Friday, only for the, from the standpoint that we're going to be sitting around waiting all day for that game. I think we're all just craving some good football, especially with how terrible of a preseason it's been for the Denver Broncos and the NFL as a whole. It's just been really boring. I think this week one of college football is just going to be a breath of fresh air for all of us and. And quite frankly, I I couldn't be more ready for it. Before we wrap up today's show, I want to remind everyone that now is a great time to subscribe to BSN Denver. If you use the code GORAMS, you can get a free Defend the Fort t-shirt as well as a discounted yearly subscription. That sale is going to end after Friday, so I highly recommend you jumping on that. Take advantage. Get, you know, get access to our audio stories, all the content we're producing on all the beats, and get these dope t-shirts for free. Like, why pay full price when you can get it for free? We're not going to do another promo anytime soon. Definitely hop on it. 
as I said, we will be back on Thursday. We'll be back again on Friday. And man, when you wake up over these next two days, just think football is here.